Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Maura Z and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, May 15th, 2019, and we are continuing our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the chapter, There is a Solution. We are on page 26, and today's readers are Diane G, 12 Steps, Linda C, 12 Traditions, readers of the text, Hoodie R, Jan ST, and Katie G. And I guess it would help if I also told you that on page 26, we're going to be reading the second paragraph. So, important numbers, yesterday's reference numbers, the share ID for yesterday, 7 a.m., 12,898, Yesterday's 10 a.m. share ID, 12,900-12900. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Excuse me. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Diane G., would you now please read the 12 steps for OA? Yes, this is Diane G. from New Hampshire. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten continued to take personal inventory, and we were, when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for the knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass.
Thank you, Diane G., for your service. And Linda C., would you please read the 12 Traditions of OA? Yes, good morning. This is Linda C. calling from Western Nebraska. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you, Linda C. Okay, this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. I will be timing, but please do time yourself. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are reading, excuse me, we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we are in the chapter, There is a Solution. We're on page 26 and we will be reading the second paragraph that, become, that begins, so he returned to this doctor through that one paragraph. And I will now ask Ms. Hoodie R to begin reading for us. Good morning, Hoodie. Good morning, Laura. Thank you so much for your service. And this is Hoodie, our recovered compulsive overeater. So he returned to this doctor whom he admired and asked him point blank why he could not recover. He wished above all things to regain self-control. He seemed quite rational and well-balanced with respect to other problems. Yet he had no control whatever over alcohol. Why was this? And, um, and again, I'm just so, you know, 
this um, this question that we read, why was this? Why? And you know, this this businessman, Roland Hazard, he he was a smart cookie. He was smart. He was he had strong ability, high character, and you know, I identify with that. I knew I knew many things. I I got degrees in, in other areas in my life, but when it came to this food, it it I I was struggling and I could not put the food down. I could not get I, I for more than a couple of days or a couple of weeks Every single time it got smaller and smaller and smaller. And yes, I was I was able to do other things in my life and for this I really so desperately kept on trying and trying to do it do it myself, have some self control. And that didn't come very well. And I mean mind where it says in more about alcoholism later on we'll be reading, you know, we learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost self that we were alcoholics. We were compulsive overeaters. This is the first step in recovery. The delusion that we are like other people, or presently maybe, has to be smashed. And, you know, I had to come to that realization and say, I, you know, I have this disease, um, and I need help. I had to surrender and admit that, you know, I'm never going to get that self-control. I am never going to go back to being that 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 cucumber once I'm a pickle. And I must take certain actions daily, and I must surrender to what you all are telling me because what you're doing is proving that it's it's working and it's helping, and your lives are being transformed. So I had to 100% be honest with who I am, what I was doing to myself, how my life was going, and say, I am... I am who you say I am. I am a compulsive overeater. I have an that will never get better. I have an allergy of the body that will never get better. And I have to, we, 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 um, and I cannot eat those foods at all. And it can't be part of my night program. And then I have a mental obsession that I better get busy because my mind is a dangerous neighborhood. You know, the monkey may be off my back, which is the food, but the circus is still in town, and I must do this work daily to stay in fit spiritual condition. So, you know, that's the question. Why was it? And I had that question over and over whenever I failed, whenever I fell back into the food, back into relapse after long periods of abstinence. Why was this? And I'm so grateful that today I have a chance to live better than I ever did before. And as a result, and as long as I stay committed and stay accountable daily to the, to this work, and with that I pass. Super. Thank you, Ms. Hoodie. appreciate your share. Okay. If you have not shared in the last day or two and you would like to, please say your first name and your last initial one time, and I will repeat back everyone I hear. Who would like to share? Debbie G. from Boston. Debbie W. Katie G. from Boston. Fran M. from New Jersey. Fran M. Deborah M. Vasa O. Deborah M. Was that a Deborah M? Yes. Vasa O. Lauren. I heard you. Lauren. One more. 
Okay, this is who I have. Katie G, Fran M, Deborah M, Vasa O, and Lauren N. Katie G, would you get us started, please? Good morning, Maura, Katie G in Boston. You know, when I'm asking why, <laughs> I'm looking for a fight, right? And there is one thing that will never fail to keep me in everlasting ignorance. And that one thing is contempt, disregard, defiance, page, 150, uh, page 568, prior to investigation. So I'm the I know guy. Tell me why. Like I'm a toddler saying, why, why, why? And the truth is I don't get to know why today. That's not a privilege I have. The other thing that blew my mind, and that's not water on my line, it, about this paragraph is do you know that control means to have power over? So step one tells me I have no power, no choice, and no control around the food. My mind, and that's still not my water, my mind was blown Katie, excuse open. me one second. Yeah. Katie, excuse me. If you are not muted and you're running water, would you please be so kind as to press star one to mute your line? Thank you. Katie, go ahead, please, dear. Maura, that was lovely. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, so power means control, right? So I have no power. Okay, so a woman in whom the problem has been solved last year when I was abstinent said to me, Katie G, it's not about what you're binging on. And, and OA does a great job asking me to put down what I'm binging on. No, it is the foods, ingredients, and behaviors that I've tried to control. And, yes, the foods that I've tried to control, the ingredients and behaviors, do I binge on them? Absolutely. But this is a disease of control. And my mind blew open. Oh, my gosh, I have been trying to exert control over the food my whole life. I have been trying to exert control over my life my whole life. I am a controller. And so by putting down the foods, ingredients, and behaviors that I've tried to control and giving up the why because I'm looking for a fight, I'm in defiance, tell me why, i got to understand it, I'm the I know guy, why I'm a closed book. Nobody can teach me. But my mind got blown open. And so today, thank you, God, I have a solution that teaches me um, when I try and control, it controls me. And as a recovered woman today, I will tell you, these 24 hours, I thank you, God, am not suffering from compulsive overeating. But I do continue to deal with the human condition. And I'm doing my step work around control because guess what, my friends? I don't have control over my life. Did you know that? Like, I have had my higher power loves me so much that he continues to show me, KDG, keep trying to control that. How's that working for you? Not very well. So praise God. If you are new on this line, think about that. Like, you have no power, no choice, or control to, to, around the food to control. Give up. Give up. It is only a struggle if you put up the fight. And I'm so grateful for these 24 hours. I don't have control. I'm not asking why. I just want to walk shoulder to shoulder with all of Time. you. And with that, I do pass. Thanks, Maura. Super cool. Thanks, Katie G. Fran M., it's your turn, followed by Deborah M. Hi, this is Fran M. from New Jersey. Thanks for the share. Um, yeah, I think as, you know, thinking beings, we're all interested in knowing why, and um, I think it's great to ask why, and it's interesting, and it enriches our lives, and I do think self-knowledge is important, but I know for me, 
it didn't really, I don't know that I ever was able to answer why. It was an interesting journey about why I became a compulsive eater, um, first an overeater, then an undereater. Um, but the great thing um, in my life was knowing that if I acted as if and I worked the 12 steps, the whys would become a lot less important. I, I still think they pique my curiosity, and I don't think... Um, you know, it's possible to live without inquiring how these things happen, and it may even be helpful, but it won't help me stop my addiction, and I learned more by acting as if. Um, even now, um, when the food is a little bit more in the background, you know, I wonder, like, why do I constantly have repeated problems with certain people or whatever, but I find if I work the steps and act in a certain way, I just become a lot less interested in why because things work out, and I think that's what um, we're meant to see here, and that's what the emphasis is rather than taking it so literally. And I also just want to share that I um, have been in program for 40 years, and it saved my life when I came in in 1978. I do not have an allergy to any foods. I thought I did for a long time. Um, but I think this book was written for alcoholics. Dr. Silkworth was talking about an allergy for alcoholics, and in the beginning it helped me to believe that. Um, I do eat everything. Um, my addiction and compulsion has to do with certain eating behaviors and obsession with food and certain ways that take me out. They take me out of life. They let me escape from living. They narrow my world so that the focus becomes obsessively on certain compulsive, obsessive behaviors regarding food. And the only reason I'm sharing that is because I get so much feedback from people like me who you know, do eat sugar and can eat just one. And it's not that that does it. I can be taken out over all sorts of behaviors regarding food and exercise that just keep my life very small. And when I work the 12 steps and when I let go of these behaviors, um, not asking why I have them, but just asking for help in changing them and then actually refraining from doing them, I don't know. The answers become less important, and I start to live a full and richer life. And one thing I just want to share real quick is why do we want to be in a control? We want to be in control because we fear situations that cause us discomfort. And that's my, greatest, that's my greatest problem now, knowing that higher power will make me stronger if I live through the discomfort rather than if I try to avoid it with obsession and compulsion. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Fran. Deborah M., it's your turn, followed by Vasa O. Deborah M., press star one. We can't hear you. Okay. All right. You got me here? Deborah M., thank you. Okay. Um, Deborah M., compulsive overeater from Western New York. And yesterday and today, we were focusing on Roland Hazard. And Roland was able to be abstinent for a long, long time. And I've often wondered, how does that happen? He did not have his 12 steps. He did not have all of this. How, did, how was he able to do that? And my conclusion, my truth is, this 12-step program is such a God-given blueprint that the importance of reaching that 12-step and living in that 12-step to help the next person who suffers. 
was part of God's plan, our higher power's plan all along. Roland never would have made it to that step of helping. It wasn't there. It wasn't set out yet. And if he would have stayed in that place of abstinence and recovery, we never would have gotten the plan to go out and help the next person or to have our um, our greater consciousness of God around us and seeking him. So I just think this is amazing, um, the blueprint for a way of living, that all along, Roland would not have become self-knowledge, probably wouldn't have done it because there's a greater good that comes out of this program that leads us through the steps to 12 steps to help the next sufferer. I probably would not spend my time helping the next person unless it was part of my program. Maybe now I would, but to be honest, probably not, but it keeps me recovered and what a design for living. Um, Thank you. That's all I have to share. Thanks. Thank you, Deborah M. Vasa O, it's your turn, followed by Lauren N. Yes, I'm here. Thank you, Moira Z, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from uh, Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I do believe the 12 steps and, and, uh, and our program, a gift from God. I mean, it saved my life. And I didn't feel like I, I, was, I didn't feel like I was as smart as Roland because but I was functional in so many other areas of my life. I just could not put the food down. And I practiced self-control for many, many, many work, many years. It just did not work. And I tried everything out there that I would hear or doctors would tell me, uh, Weight Watchers, uh, anorexia and bulimia, you know, a little of this and a little of that. And I came to the end, like, I couldn't even control it, so I gave into the food addiction. And then, not too long after that, I was led into Overeaters Anonymous. And I'll never, never be so more grateful. It saved my life from the food, from the insanity that I was doing. And, and to learn there was a solution. To me, I was so relieved to find out I had an allergy that followed with a mental obsession, and I had no clue, and it scared, it really scared, scared me, because I know a lot of my members were suffering with, you know, physical problems, diabetes, heart problems, all that stuff, and, and they didn't have program, and I learned what if I did what this many people had done before me and are still doing right now to help others. It's, it, you know, it's, it's here for me. And for me, like, you know, sugar, it's a drug. I, if somebody said to me, well, you're going to be fine, because I know over the years before I came to OA, it was a drug. I could not have only one. I wanted more than one. I don't want to be tested. I don't want to test my higher power. I don't want to hear what other people have to say because I know myself better than anybody else. And it is my program, and I'm just so grateful I have found the solution, and now we have to pass it on. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
Thank you, Vasa O. Lauren N., it's your turn. Good morning, Maura. It's Lauren N. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you. Oh, gosh. This this reading, this these shares yesterday and today really resonated with me. Um, how many times I tried to control everything. How many times I was, I thought I, I had it. I had it. I'd lose 100 pounds. I'd lose 50 pounds. I'd lose 75 pounds. And one bite of some substance that I had been eating already. So it was not like it was, you know, I had weighed and measured everything because, of course, I did Weight Watchers and I did it to the nth degree. But I had one little extra thing that one day and all of a sudden I was binging and binging and binging and purging never even entered my mind because I just needed the food, needed to get rid of the feelings. And I needed, just needed to be out of pain. I had no control whatsoever on over anything I ate or put into my mouth. It doesn't matter why. What matters is after 55 years of doing it over and over and over again, I finally learned that I don't need to try anymore. I don't need to try and control it. I have a higher power that helps me get through the days. And remember that this is a program of action. This is a program of doing it. This is a program of holding on to my gods with skin and picking up the phone and calling people and being of service. And without that, I can't sustain it. I am so grateful for all I have today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lauren. Okay, so here's where we are today. We are in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 26. And we're reading and sharing on just the second paragraph that begins, so he returned to this doctor. And who would like to share? Please give me your first name and your last initial one time only. Magdalena W. Larry K. Magdalena. Larry K. Jana. U.M. Jana. Jana S.T. I'm not getting that. I'm sorry. J. Jan, J-A-N. Jan. name, S-T. Yep. Thank you for your persistence. Thank you. Sue M. (laughs) Couple more. I have Magdalena W., Larry K., Jan, S-T, and Sue M. Leah S. Leah S. 
Chris M. Okay, I guess we're doing fives today. I'm sorry? Chris M. Chris M. Okay, cool. It's a cool kind of day. I've got Magdalena W., Larry K., Jan S. T., Sue M., Leah S., and Chris M. Thanks for your patience, guys. Magdalena W., please go ahead. Thank you. Magdalena W. recovered compulsive overeater and restrictor in the UK. Ah, oh, this paragraph. He said he wished above all things to regain self-control. I can't say that's true of me. Um, I, my life depends in this fellowship on my letting go of that self-control and having a higher power whom I call God. And um, it's true to say that for myself, I was a compulsive eater, but also uh, a restrictor. So I had an illusion that I could control. Yeah, I could eat anything I wanted and then I could, some, I could control it, sometimes not always. And I just want to say it on here because I don't want anyone to think that because I might be able to eat a spoonful of sugar and stop that I'm not a very sick person because I am. I'm mentally extremely sick with this illness. And, you know, we say, don't we, that the food is the solution to the problem. A problem is a serious spiritual condition which requires recovery, uh, the actions of recovery on a daily basis for me not to go back into that sickness. So, you know, the byproduct of this amazing recovery which I've been given, uh, granted with, is the byproduct of that is that I have neutrality around food. But my watchword, my compass for knowing, you know, how my recovery doing is my mental state. How much am I controlling? How much am I able to live in the presence of my God and let go and let God? It's, for all of my life, has been a horrific illness and obsession. And finally, you know, in the last year, yeah, yeah, finally in the last year, I'm able to have food in the right place because I have God in the right place. Like much, I have a much bigger God within and without me. And I am so grateful to all of you and to this meeting, a vision, and the people on the line and our past. Thank you. Thank you, Magdalena. Larry, Larry K, it's your turn, followed by Jan St. Hey, Maura. <clears throat> Good morning. Um, thanks so much for your service, Maura. You know, my, my brain um, is wired for curiosity and it's and problem solving, and so you know, it's it's paradoxical for me to come to a place where I don't have definitive answers. I want answers, and I will search the world over for an answer for this thing. And when I don't have the answer for this thing, I'm confronted with being vulnerable with the food. And it scares the daylights out of me. It scares the crap out of me that I can't come up with a solution because I'm afraid I'm going to die in this disease. And I'm afraid I'm going to lose relationships and jobs and, and go bankrupt and all these things. I see it. I felt a little bit of the consequences of this deal, and I'm worried. And see, surrender feels like giving up. It feels like quitting, and I'm not a quitter. I will keep searching. And that's another one of the paradoxes, because 
because to answer why, I, when I keep asking why, 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 my mind will close that circle and it'll keep coming up with reasons. My childhood, my divorce, my whatever, fill in the blank. And then finding those, those, those answers, I will look for more to solve the perceived problem, which isn't even the problem at all. My problem was a spiritual problem. And, and my sick mind will keep seeking out solutions to solve my problem because I'm not a quitter and I'm not going to give up and surrender. My pride won't allow it. My pride will not allow me to surrender. You go ahead and surrender, not me. Wait, wait, what? You're telling me that a God solved this problem? Are you kidding me? Doesn't, doesn't pass the smell test for me. So I'm going to keep searching, and I may die in the research process here. But I'll be damned if I'm going to give up control and surrender. I'm going to grab that water that water that comes out of the faucet, and I'm going to grab it and grab it, and I'm not getting anything, but I'm going to keep grabbing for it tighter, harder, work harder, faster, smarter. I'm smarter than you. I'm going to work it harder. And all the while, this program asks us to surrender, to give up the control, and to trust in the process. That scares the crap out of me, to trust in the process. But once we're beaten into a state of reasonableness, maybe we have a chance to give up grabbing, fighting, and we put our shield down and our sword down and we count the bodies all around us and we're scared and we keep walking forward. But maybe that was the answer, true surrender, so that we could have a chance so that this power could flow through to us. I'm so grateful that somehow I was able to surrender. I don't even know how, but I think the disease did it, did the job. With that, I pass. Thanks, Maura. Thanks so much, Larry. Jan S.T., it's your turn, followed by Sue M. Thank you. Good morning, beautiful fellow uh, visionaries. Um, uh, poor Roland. <laughs> he was so confounded by this, and certainly I can relate. Um, I was completely baffled, too. Um, why could I not either lose weight, or if I did manage to lose weight, why couldn't I maintain a normal body size? Um, I was confounded, I was flummoxed, I was demoralized, frustrated, discouraged, ashamed, embarrassed, self-loathing was in there. You know, I could go on with the list, and I know my fellows on the line could add to that, too. Uh, because like the pitiful alcoholic Roland in the reading, I wanted above all things to possess self-control over my alcoholic foods. And like him, self-knowledge and counseling, geographical cures, periods of sobriety and self-confidence, it didn't deliver the recovery I was after. And no wonder I was confused Um, when I extended that level of commitment to any other challenge in my life, any other problem, they were resolved. When my husband and I experienced difficulty in our marriage, we went to counseling and our relationship improved. When big problems at work, uh, I was having difficulty with those, I talked with my colleagues and those problems would be resolved. I could figure out a plan. Um, when my washing machine broke, I'd pull out the um, manual and buy the the, uh, the equipment I needed, and I'd fix the washing machine. When I wanted to further my education and um, the local university wasn't offering what I wanted, I moved. I moved to attend grad school. 
So in those instances, self-knowledge, psychology, geographical changes, moves, research, and advice from others all work beautifully. So no wonder I kept trying to apply them to this thing that had me licked, my my compulsive overeating. Yet when it came to food, well, you all know the answer to that. I failed. I had no control whatever for any length of time over my alcoholic foods. And today's reading, um, I could so relate to all of it. It ends with a three-word question. Why was this? Well, I can't answer that question today. I spent so much time trying to figure out what the answer was. And today I can answer the why. I was just looking in the wrong places for the answer. The answer's in the big book. Why? Because I have an allergy of the body and a twist of the mind. And in the big book, it's a solution for my problem too. My road to recovery a spiritual awakening, and working the 12 steps every day to the best of my ability and my willingness. And thank you for allowing me to share. Okay. Thank you, Janice T. Sue M., it's your turn, followed by Leah S. Good morning, Sue. Good morning, everyone. Hey, it's Sue M. in Recovery in Cincinnati. Sorry, I got a little laryngitis. <laughs> I just love all the shares. And what struck me today is the three-word question that was just mentioned. And why was this? And after all the years of asking why me, I found the real question. And the real question was also three words, and it's why not me? And I say that in that why not me, it's through this having this disease that I actually have the opportunity to be of greater service, to figure out who I really am as a spiritual being and to be able to use my humanness to help other folks. And I don't think I would have ever got that if I hadn't come to grips with with this disease. So in a way, I'm, I'm very grateful for that and um, for all of you. So that's all I have. And I pass. Okay, caught me off guard. Thank you, Sue. Leah S., it's your turn, followed by Chris M. Good morning, Leah. Thank you very much, um, everyone. And Sue, you you took the words out of my mouth. So here we go. Leah S. recovered in Brooklyn and extremely grateful. Um, He wished above all things to regain, regain that self-control. How did I always think I'm in I'm in charge? How did I always think that I'm going to manage this and I'm going to run this ship the way I want to? The truth is, I ran the ship, yeah, but how did I run it? And um, what did I do it with my life? And um, what brought me back into this um, into this these rooms? And what brought me back to want to even want to have a diet or or want to lose weight? That want is called hope. And that want is so relevant in all of us that we keep coming back. That's one thing that nobody can really, really crush me with, that hope and that that dream of, you know what, one day I will get it. 
and I will also have all these things that I hear on these lines, and I will also have a life that I can live with in, in contentment and tranquility and know how to deal with it when it becomes so chaotic the way it used to and know how to deal with situations on the outside, at work, at, at, at offices, at injustices, quote-unquote injustices. We have hope. We have hope that we're coming back and we're learning from this big book and we take it one step at a time. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leah S. Chris M., it's your turn. Thank you. Good morning. This is Chris M. from New York, um, a compulsive eater, uh, new to, well, back new to Vision for You within the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, who would have thought I got up early this morning and read this paragraph in preparation, and I didn't go to the gym, which is something that I obsessively want to do because I think that's the way I'm going to control my weight and my food and my self-confidence and all of that. So I wrote something this morning that I'd like to read. And um, the part, you know, all of the, all of the paragraph got to me, got me, but then I was saying how um, he had no control over. And I wrote for me, it's obsessive thoughts, fear, focus on failure with food and weight exercise. And um, he wished to regain self-control. Why can't he? And I thought, well, why can't I recover? I've been in this program over 30 years. And I was always embarrassed to say that at meetings. Like, I've been in this program for th over 30 years, and I, and I just knew I still hadn't gotten it. Um, but when I wrote it, I said, I guess I'm realizing I, me, myself, cannot bring about the change in my mind, body, or spirit to live free of the above-mentioned things. I have put a lot of effort, and I, and I heard this in one of the speakers this morning, into ineffectively um, trying to fix myself. Um, that was probably what is so demoralizing and makes me feel like a constant failure and loser. I have been completely ineffective in my efforts to change, to be free of my compulsive, obsessive nature, and I feel depleted by this. Um, you know, insanity is to repeat the same behavior and expect different results. I've done that for 40 years. Um, I've been successful with many other pursuits, but I'm always left feeling depleted and disappointed because in all of those efforts, the real goal that I had was to change myself when it came to food, my body, my weight, my self-confidence, my level of self-love. And none of it, um, none of any of what I did in my life to improve myself solved the food and obsessive uh, thoughts about weight and and food issues. It's like I had been spinning my wheel, my wheels, excuse me, and losing my using my precious energy and focus on self defeating pursuits. So I see now that my will can be used more effectively by putting all of that effort into working the proven solution of the twelve steps. And today I believe that I can do that. I can direct my will to learning about living the twelve steps and living them. And I guess I also have to realize that as far as um, my will goes, like that's as, far, that's as much as I'm able to do. I'm able to use my will to work the program, not fix myself. 
uh, because what I hear on these lines every day is that God will Time. take care of himself. Thank you. As long as I'm, I'm willing to make the effort. <clears throat> so thank you so much. I, I really appreciate everyone here. I pass. Thank you, Chris M. Okay, so we have enough time for three, maybe four. Who would like to share? Ginger Darian C. Darian K. Ginger C. Somebody K. Darian. Darian K. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Sally okay. A. Ginger C. I'm sorry. Say again. Sally A. Sally A. Okay. Patty All right, Ginger C. I'm sorry. Patty K. Patty K. Okay, we'll see if we can get to you, Patty. Hang on. I got Ginger C, Darian K, Sally A, and Patty K. Ginger C. Go ahead. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, Maura. Thank you so much for your service. This is Ginger C, recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. Um, just love this beginning. He returns to the doctor whom he admired, had great respect, and asked him point blank why he could not recover. And I think anyone that's still suffering in the food, you know, it's a painful place to be. And will it even happen? And for me, that's exactly where I was. Kept eating, kept relapsing, and really thought I was just going to never get out of this nightmare. So... I think it w happened and why I could not recover because I never surrendered. I never gave food the credit that was due. And I absolutely did not concede to my innermost self that I was a real compulsive overeater. I knew it was bad. I knew I felt pain from it, but I was never convinced. And that's a much different place to come from. And especially a surrendered state where I'm done, completely done, out of ideas, and then most importantly, willing to go to any length for victory over this. But it takes what it takes. So don't stop, no matter who you are on the line, whether you're eating or in relapse or in recovery. You know, that's the most important thing is that we have to move a muscle every day. We have to stay in this practical program of action. It's never in my thinking mind. It's what I'm doing. And I pray I never stop because many are suffering around us and they need to know that there's hope that this can happen. If it hasn't yet, you are eligible too. But it's God's world. I don't know when and how that's going to happen. I was blown away when I put the food down in Virginia Beach. That was the last thing on my mind. I had a backpack filled with my goodies, and I saw every restaurant on the way to that hotel because that's where I was going the next morning. I was going out the door, and I was going to go eat. So again, just keep praying and keep listening and, and just don't stop. And that's, again, why was this? It doesn't matter the why. The riddle may never be answered. Obviously, we know the twofold nature of what we're up against. But what's most important, again, is we just stay into action and we're willing to go to any length and fight for this. And the most importantly, always, is for that person that's in the quicksand. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Ginger C. Darian K., it's your turn, followed by Sally A. Hi there, Mara. It's Darian K. from um, the Berkshires of Massachusetts. Um, recovered compulsive overeater for today and so grateful. I probably I can't really say a lot different um, 
I can't put a different spin on what everyone's saying, but I, you know, I do really get the fact that I just don't have control. And um, boy, I did try um, what I thought sort of tried. I can't really say I super tried, but um, and that's why the diet clubs are making big bucks because people are saying, "I'm going to do this." You know, I'm going to get back on that stick on Monday. You know, that was my mantra. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, just do it. And um, it did not last even till dinner time. I mean, I just, I couldn't. I just couldn't. And the weekends, forget about it. Um, they were for eating and cheating or whatever you want to call it. And so I just, it didn't make any sense to me. I just had no control. And I felt like such a loser, you know. <laughs> not losing the weight, but just a loser in general. And um, so, you know, I read today, though, uh, um, in the floor today, that, you know, God helps you, but you need to row that, row the boat, you know, use the paddles and row the boat. And um, and I think that's what it comes down to, is we can take actions, um, the steps, the tools, um, calling people, reaching out to people, um, I called some newcomers yesterday, and I got such a high from just talking to people and sharing this wonderful program, and especially this fabulous meeting that's so freely given to us Monday through Friday. Um, and, you know, just I have certain things I can control. It's my actions, you know, but, um, but with God's help, absolutely with God's help. And I answer that every morning, thank Him every night, and pray a lot during the day, and um, that's all I have. Thank you so much. I pass. Thanks, Darian. Did you read Sally? Did you read Sally? Sally? Number two. Thank you. Sally, it's your turn. And if we have time, uh, Patty Kay. Go ahead, Sally. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everyone, for your shares. I haven't shared in weeks because I've been in the food. And let me tell you, the pride thing, you got it. You nailed it. Those of you who shared, all of you shared wonderful things, but it really was my pride. You know, like, I got to get this. I'm embarrassed. I don't want to share. I've been in the food. And I have an inkling I may not be the only one, but even if I am, I'm just so grateful that I've gotten the courage to to uh, express my, um, my I guess, arrogance, my um, stubbornness, um, thinking that I could pick up a little bit, and it's going to be okay. And it was okay for a few days, and then it wasn't. So I think I, I this is my journey and my process, and I'm just sharing it, that for me, I have to test it a few times just to make sure that this is real, that this is real for me, because putting it down permanently is just too scary. It's just too messed up. It's too um, painful, you know, but you guys give me hope that you're alive today. You're, you're sharing about it. You guys are living it. You're doing it, and your, your testament means the world to me, and that's why even though I was in relapse for a few weeks, um, I've listened to you every day. And um, I'm so grateful because you all sound like angels to me. And um, the voice of God is, is very, very loud in this, in this fellowship. So thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Sally. I keep coming back. 
Patty Kay, you got it. Three minutes. Good morning, Patty Kay. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you, Patty. Wonderful. Grateful to be sharing on this meeting. I can say I usually try not to use the words never, but I believe I never share in this meeting. Um, my real problem is that I'm a compulsive solution seeker. Everything I learned about life, I learned from the food and my behavior surrounding the food, self-esteem, body image, exercise. For me, the irony or the red herring of this disease is that my problem is related to food and food behaviors. Um, my recovery is that I'm recovered from a seemingly, seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and I'm recovered from incomprehensible demoralization. And what I'm thinking about today is control is not my solution, surrender is my solution. I've heard other people on the meeting say that fight implies control. And today I want to surrender and I'm going to surrender to win. And it's only by the grace of God and you people that I'm able to do that one day at a time. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Patty Kay. We have two minutes, a minute and a half, if someone would like it. Somebody sponsor tell them to share the meeting. Really? Anne-Marie? Anne-Marie? Yes, thank you. Go ahead, please. Uh, I'm Anne-Marie, I'm a compulsive, recovered compulsive overeater, and I just want to share uh, briefly that I have one year of abstinence today, and it is largely because of this group, and I am so humbled and grateful to be a part of it, and uh, one of the things my sponsor said to me a year ago tomorrow is that she no longer negotiated with food. And that started me on my journey and through these 12 steps in a way that I've never done them before. And I'm so nervous. I've never shared on this line, but I just want to say I have a freedom from food today like I've never had. I have a relationship with the God of my understanding that I've never had. And I love everybody on this line. And um, I will share a little bit more going forward. So thank you all and thank you for the gift of this recovery. I pass. And Marie, thank you for your share. Can't think of a better way to end this meeting on a hopeful note that there is hope for everyone here. Um, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Today's important number, today's share ID, 12,902, and I would now like to ask Miss Hoodie R, excuse me, Jan ST, <laughs> to please read from page 164. Good morning, Jan, again. Good morning, Jan ST, gratefully recovered. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you should do each day for the man who is still sick. The answer will come if our own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.